And a very good day. This is Pastor Mark Wheeler with Touch of God. And this week we're going to be talking about the Ten Commandments and the law that God the Father gave in the Old Testament and the commandments that Jesus gave as recorded in the New Testament. So think for a moment. If you are driving along a road with many lanes, but there are no speed signs, you begin by driving at perhaps a safe speed of not more than 60 miles an hour, Then when you realize that everyone around you is going much faster than you are, you decide that you want to speed up to 100 miles per hour because there are no speed limit signs. There's no law saying you cannot go as fast as you want. Eventually, you come across a crash involving many vehicles. You find out that drivers lost control of their vehicles because their tires lost the grip on the road when they came up to a curve. So what is the law in this example? Well, there was no law in place for the road when there were no speed limit signs. Drivers were not breaking any law and they did not know they did anything wrong until they lost control and crashed on the curve. Even after crashing, they never broke any law, so they carried on driving just as fast as they did before trying not to crash. That was until one day, The city determined that the drivers needed to know what the safe speed limit should be. And the city installed traffic signs and added a law that drivers would be fined and given points on their driving license if they exceeded the speed limit signs. Drivers on this road now knew it was wrong or unlawful to exceed the speed limit and reduced their speed to conform to the lawful speed limits to avoid a fine. There were fewer people dying now on this road in fewer accidents as a result of the introduction of the law. So why did the city introduce the law? To show drivers what was right and wrong, lawful and unlawful, to punish them for bad driving behavior, for the safety of themselves and others on the road, and to prevent death. How does this relate to the Bible today? We will see how God had to introduce a law of commands to show man what sin was and that it was very bad, unholy, unrighteous, and which would lead to judgment, and that due to man's sinful nature, he would need a savior to rescue him from eternity in hell. You see, the law shows man what is wrong in order to know what right is. Notice that God never gave the law in the Garden of Eden before Adam and Eve ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's because they did not yet know the knowledge of good and evil. They didn't know the difference because they didn't need to know the difference. They hadn't eaten of the fruit of the tree yet, and God never needed to give them a law to abide by. It was not a part of their nature to sin, because they hadn't yet fallen by agreeing with Satan in the form of the snake to obey him instead of Adam and Eve's creator, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. From the moment Adam and Eve ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, humanity fell and inherited the nature of their new father, Satan, since Eve obeyed Satan instead of God in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. From that moment, man's seed was tainted. Adam and Eve's offspring, Cain, killed his brother Abel. Right from the word go, there was murder. 
So from the early existence of humanity, we see man's wickedness spreading. In Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 to 8, in the Amplified Classic Edition of the Bible, it says, The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination and intention of all human thinking was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved at heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy, blot out, and wipe away mankind, whom I have created from the face of the ground, not only man, but the beasts and the creeping things and the birds of the air, for it grieves me and makes me regretful that I have made them. Verse 8, But Noah found grace, favor, in the eyes of the Lord. And this is just worth pondering for a moment. Without Noah, would God have found anyone else who was faithful to the Lord? If he had not, we would not be here today, because the Lord would have caused the flood, and the ark would never have gotten built. Humanity would have been wiped off the face of the earth, seed lost. So what did God do to deal with the sin that was great on the earth? He first flooded the earth, but allowed humanity to survive through Noah and his family. We know that this is the grace of God, the undeserved favor. He didn't have to continue allowing humanity to stay on the earth, but he found Noah, and the Lord gave us another opportunity. Genesis chapter 7, verses 11 to 12. In the year 600 of Noah's life, that means he was 600 years old, in the 17th day of the second month, that same day, all the fountains of the great deep were broken up and burst forth, and the windows and floodgates of the heavens were opened. Verse 12. And it rained upon the earth forty days and forty nights. So the flood is described here in Genesis chapter 7, verse 11 to 12. And then in Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 to 17, we see that later on God wrote on the tablets of stone the Ten Commandments for Moses to show the children of Israel and for them to abide by these commands. This was to show the children of Israel what was wrong so that they could abide by these commands. These Ten Commandments function to convert the soul and show us our true state. Psalm chapter 19 verse 7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the whole person. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The Ten Commandments are not an onerous set of rules we should follow out of fear or guilt. Rather, the commandments serve as signposts that point us to the straight and narrow path while showing us our desperate need for a Savior when we inevitably stray from that path. In the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments formed part of the 613 laws that governed ancient Hebrew society. The 613 laws consisted of civil rules that governed the Israelites' day-to-day life, ceremonial rules that governed the worship of God in the temple, and moral rules, better known as the Ten Commandments, that concisely summarized all of the Old Testament laws as to how people interacted with God and with each other. 
Jesus Christ's death and resurrection did away with the need for laws involving bloody temple sacrifices and other Old Testament laws that no longer applied to those saved by faith in Christ. The Old Testament laws that did become part of the New Testament covenant were the moral laws written in stone and placed in the Ark of the Covenant, the Ten Commandments, as listed in Exodus chapter 20 verses 1 to 17, and also referenced in 1 Kings chapter 8 verse 9. And we're not going to read them all today, but you are familiar with those, no doubt, but you can look those up if you need to. Exodus chapter 20 verse 1 to 17. The Ten Commandments can be divided into two parts. The first four commandments deal with our relationship with God, and the last six commandments deal with our relationship with one another. The law of the Old Testament was not replaced. It is fulfilled by the compliance with the two commandments Jesus spoke of in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 to 40. In verse 37 it says, And he replied to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, intellect. This is the great, most important principle and first commandment. So we know in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 that we have to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all these things will be added unto you. We see in Matthew 22 here verse 39 Jesus continues, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as you do yourself. Verse 40, these two commandments sum up and upon them depend all the law and the prophets. So we need to focus on the two commandments. And then if we do those, and it should be easy to do the two of those, because if we are truly born again, we have been set free from the law. In Christ Jesus, we have a new nature. We are taking on more of the nature of Christ every day. That is the desire of the Lord, that we focus on the Lord Jesus. We abide with him. He abides in us. As we read his word, according to Romans chapter 12, verse 2, we become renewed in our mind, and we then become transformed because of that. We read his word, his holy scriptures. We believe they are true. And then we do what Jesus tells us to do in his word. As we do that, our soul becomes transformed. Our mind becomes renewed. We become transformed and we are no longer conformed to the world. But we're being transformed by the renewing of that mind, that mind in us, so that we may prove what is that perfect and acceptable and good will of God. As we become transformed, We understand more about the nature and the character of the Lord, and therefore it is easy to love him with all of our heart, all of our soul, and with all of our mind, because we have been spending time with him, time in the secret place. We've been reading about him, praying, worshipping him, and our heart becomes more like his and less of our old self. Our carnality dies. Our old man, remember, is supposed to be dead, and We have to focus on every day checking ourselves to make sure that we're not trying to resurrect our old self because Jesus has allowed us to be a new creation in him. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new and all things are of God. Every good thing comes down from the Father of lights. 
So why did God introduce the law? The answer is to provide a sinner the means of seeing their need of God's forgiveness. So you see, the law is really for those who do not know Christ, have not yet received him as Lord and confess him as Lord. The lost need to know that what they're doing is wrong, even though inside of them they are being convicted that what they're doing is evil in different ways. They need to know that it's morally wrong and God does not approve of it, and there will be judgment one day when they stand before God. They will be judged based on their actions, based on what they've said, based against the Word of God. The Bible says the Word is going to judge us. But if you're born again, you are taken on now the new characteristics of the Lord day by day, but you're also, because you're in Him, you have been redeemed from the law, because Jesus has not deleted or removed the law, but He came to fulfill it. Because if we love the Lord our God, then we would do what He told us to do. That is loving Him. Jesus said, if you love me, feed my sheep. So this is an example of feeding the Lord's sheep, this program. But we need to do it continually to help others understand the truth and the revelation of Christ's love and his sacrifice for humanity. You see, the sinner needs to be shown that their sinful, unholy actions have consequences and that their path since birth has been on one that leads them to eternal destruction except if they choose Jesus as their Savior and Lord. Jesus provides a way of escape out of every temptation and has provided a way back to God the Father by way of Jesus, who is the way, and his shed blood, paying for man's sin, cleansing him of all unrighteousness and allowing him to be born again, brand new, regenerated spirit. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 and Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, Since all have sinned and are falling short of the honor and glory which God bestows and receives. None of us are perfect except Christ Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages which sin pays is death, but the bountiful free gift of God is eternal life through, in union with, Jesus Christ our Lord. So the wages which sin pays is death. That's the result of our sin. And we were born into this world out of our mother's wombs with a sinful nature because we came from the lineage of Adam. And Adam fell with Eve as soon as they obeyed the devil. Then came in sin. Then came in sickness into the world. And that is the reason for all the wars and the trouble we see today. We are seeing the actions of human beings that are lost and that don't know Christ and have not yet been redeemed and born again. They are rejecting Christ so far, and they will have the day of judgment. The law is to show sinners that they are transgressors of God's commandments. Christians are to explain to the lost that Jesus paid the penalty for their transgressions by shedding his blood on the cross for them to receive God's forgiveness of their transgressions and also receive eternal life, they must be born again. And that means to receive Jesus, who is the life, as their Lord and Savior. 
in the conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus, in John chapter 3, verse 3, it says, Jesus answered him, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, that unless a person is born again and new from above, he cannot ever see, know, be acquainted with, and experience the kingdom of God. That means that if a person is not born again, if they do not come to Christ, they will be in eternal hell. And remember, God never designed hell to be bad. God created hell for the angels and the devil. And although God is everywhere, his essence of goodness and light and life and air, every good thing comes down from the Father. So his good is not in hell. So therefore, hell is the absence of God's goodness. That's why we hear stories of people having a brief experience of going to hell and coming back through an out-of-body experience or some other vision or situation. And the common theme is they couldn't breathe very well, they could smell sulfur, it's dark, and the screams of pain. Well, this is fallen humanity and the fallen angels habitating the place where God's goodness does not reach because God's goodness doesn't belong in a place that we have not asked for his forgiveness for our sins because God's goodness is not there. It's in heaven. It's in us, the born-again Christian upon the earth. His goodness is all around us upon the earth, above the ground. We see the beautiful blue skies, the light. God said, let there be light, and there was light. God gave us air to breathe. God gives us health. God sent his son to the whipping post for us to be healed of any sickness and disease, even though we don't deserve to be healed because of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and eating of the fruit that day. We have redemption in spirit, soul, and body because of the grace of God, his unmerited favor, his undeserved favor for us. So therefore, people, when they go to hell, they do not see these good things because good things of God do not belong in that place because those people have rejected God. They have rejected his goodness. They have rejected everything about him. So have the angels that were once a part of God's angels that rebelled with Satan, with Lucifer, out of heaven. That is why there is weeping and gnashing of teeth there, according to Jesus. That is why there is suffering. There is eternal torment there because it is a place where it is absence of God's goodness. God can see everywhere, but his goodness, his essence of his goodness is not there. So is the Christian bound by the 613 laws? Not if they are a Christian, a disciple of Jesus, and are in Christ. However, they should keep the two commandments that Jesus stated in Matthew 22, verse 37 to 40 that we spoke of earlier. As the Christian renews their mind, according to Romans chapter 12, verse 2, by reading the Bible and doing what Jesus said, going out, preaching the gospel, laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover, casting out demons, raising the dead, speaking in unknown tongues, doing all these things for the kingdom, telling people about the love of Jesus and telling them to repent of their wickedness and telling them 
of the moral law that God instituted, so that we would know what is wrong and what is right. Tell them to repent. These are the things we need to teach, not just for us to lay hands on them for them to be healed, but we must tell them about the goodness of God that they must repent and seek the Lord to escape His wrath, which will be on the sons of disobedience in that day. The sons of disobedience are those who continue to reject Christ as Lord before their last breath. The Christian becomes transformed by the renewing of their mind and adhering to the two commandments in Matthew 22, verse 37 to 40, when they read the word and do the word. The mind and the heart will become more in line with the new spirit that God gave the Christian so that their spirit and their flesh more agree and there is less enmity between the two. Remember, when you become born again, your spirit is instantly brand new. God gives you a brand new spirit instantly. But your mind does not change. God does not change your mind. You have to change it yourself by reading the truth, reading the word of God, which is alive and active, working in you to the degree that you read it and do it and contemplate and meditate on it day and night. Psalm chapter 1 verse 2. And this is what will transform you. God does his part. He's already finished the works. He gives you your new spirit. Now you have to renew your mind by reading the word. So in other words, loving God and loving your neighbor will become more natural and the Christian will do it without thinking because your nature is becoming more like Christ. This is then proof that the person is growing up into Christ, acting more like him every day. More of Christ is flowing from the person because they have been transformed and is walking more and more according to the spirit, according to Romans chapter 8 verses 1 and 2. We believers are free from the law as slaves today. If we have confessed Jesus as Lord, believe God raised him from the dead, we are saved. Romans chapter 6 verse 14 says, For sin shall not any longer exert dominion over you, since now you are not under law as slaves, but under grace as subjects of God's favor and mercy. Romans chapter 10 verse 4, For Christ is the end of the law the limit at which it ceases to be. For the law leads up to him who is the fulfillment of its types, and in him the purpose which it was designed to accomplish is fulfilled. That is, the purpose of the law is fulfilled in him. As the means of righteousness, right relationship to God for everyone who trusts in and adheres to and relies on him. Does this mean that we are not to care about loving God and our neighbor? No. We need to still make sure that we do that. But it should become more automatic and inherent in our nature as we read the Word of God, as we learn about the nature and the character of the Lord and do His will on the earth. We become more like Him, and we don't even need to focus on making sure that we love Him because we just instinctively do now. If you have any questions on this teaching, please get in touch with us by going to our website at touchofgod.world. You can also send a prayer request there, and you can call us if you're able, country code 1-407-705-3151. And until next week, you have a blessed week. Amen.